Cannabis Scholar here, about to get a little uh, podcast going. Desert Beach Podcast. Desert Beach Podcast. Check us out, guys. With Matt. Don't let him fool you. (laughs) (laughs) And out. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, are you okay with no sound on the football game? Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm good with not hearing them talk about weed and boys for <laughs> the next three hours. All right. So we are officially recording. I think that's probably a good distance. Okay. Yeah. I think. I'll, be, I'll kind of play with it as we're going. But So this is episode five of the Desert Beach podcast. Oh, okay. I went forward like that. All right. Sweet. Yeah, you can kind of manipulate it pretty easy. Sweet. So today I have Matt Crook trying to put a microphone into his mouth like a like a penis just trying to figure out how this thing works <clears throat> and i also have trevor on with us what's going on guys um so just starting off right right at kind of where we left off so what again what do you do for work all right so i'm a patient service representative at the mint dispensary and i assist patients um with uh purchasing medicine and uh going over information on that medicine and what's the best way to dose and what's the best way to uh, administer that medicine, whether it be inhalation or ingestion, so stuff like that. So does that, with the, the different ways of administering it, does that vary? Does, is there a correlation with age of patients to um, preference of how, how they're taking it in? Yeah, so depending on what they're trying to treat, um, there's different methods. Um, the most common is inhalation, so smoking it. Um, there's also actually inhalers now. Uh, Move makes a product where you just—it's like a inhaler that you would use oh, really? if you yeah, had uh, what's that called? Asthma. Asthma. There you go. Thank you. Um, and then there's um, ingesting it, so you can eat it. Um, edibles. A lot of edibles on like now in the market though are made like sweets and stuff so they're high in sugar yeah so patients that are treating cancer wouldn't actually want to eat anything high in sugar because the high sugar feeds actually the cancer cells okay so um they would want something like rso which you can ingest or there's another one a sublingual called tinctures that you would put under your tongue and just absorb it under there mm-hmm. and uh, under your tongue i mean that's i've done i've been had different types of things um that you, you just drip it on like cbd was a big one drip, mm-hmm. just dripping it under your tongue and taking it in that way so it's interesting how many different so what have you side note have you seen the the i think it's a youtube video the guys that bake with they're all about baking with thc i don't believe i've seen that uh, but it's an interesting and they're baking like everyday dinners like fajitas and mm-hmm. stuff like that just with cannabis oils and stuff like that Yes, yeah, so specifically also, too, with our dispensary, they, um, our owner, one of our owners, is has a background in the restaurant industry, and so they are focusing on some more culinary uh, aspects of food, so exploring, kind of going away from just, like, sugary items like uh, uh, brownies and gummies and, and, gummies stuff, and like stuff like that, and actually doing hot foods, um, you know, and cold foods, so, like, salads um doing pizzas doing hot wings so it's starting to get more versatile you know you have more options for people 
um, and it's actually kind of a good bang for your buck. So you're like feeding yourself and you're medicating at the same time. Yeah, I, yeah, getting the uh, curing the munchies in the process of getting the munchies. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of ironic. You think you just get more hungry. <laughs> so what what's the the process? Is there like a, a temperature that THC has to reach in order to be able to ingest it? Like when you're like when I've made brownies in the past, you got to mm-hmm. get the oil hot. Yeah, so that's uh, so to get the effects of THC, you have to do what's called decarboxylating it. So whether you're smoking it, you add heat to it, fire, so that decarboxylates it. Or if you're cooking with it, you want to heat um, the THC to a certain temperature over a period of time to cause it to decarboxylate. And that's kind of the same too with concentrates, uh, kind of the same method um, to get it to be active is what it's called. Um, and then that way you can eat it and it'll be digested and that way you get the effects. Now are do your, <clears throat> I mean, I've, <clears throat> I've noticed when taking, uh, edibles versus smoking it, there's a different feeling in it. So is your body mm. breaking it down differently than how yes. you're taking or smoking it? So when you inhale it, it's going in through the, um, the air sacs in your lungs into the blood vessels. Uh, and that's actually a quicker administration, so it takes about uh, 10 to 15 minutes to pass the blood-brain, bar- the blood-brain barrier to feel those effects. Uh, when you ingest it, your body has to break that um, down uh, into the different compounds uh, and then ingest and then absorb it through your, um, your stomach and your liver, okay. um, <clears throat> which actually is another recommendation for patients if they're... Um, treating using um, other medication and they choose to take edibles they um, should wait about an hour or two after taking their medication because the enzymes in your liver um, break down as they decompose uh, stuff that you digest so so then you wouldn't you wouldn't break down the the cannabis as much yeah, as the, the the THC compound uh, if you are if your enzymes in your liver are already breaking down other um, products that other medicines that you're taking and then with um, ingestion it takes a little bit longer to kick in to pass that the blood brain barrier so your body to break it down for it to get into the bloodstream to get up to the brain uh, takes about uh, 30 minutes to an hour depending on each person's uh, metabolism and then it can actually even take up to two hours but it lasts a whole lot longer and it's it's more potent that's why it makes sense when you're not feeling high after eating one brownie you don't need a second brownie yeah that's why they always <laughs> say you know uh always start out small because you can eat more you know you can't eat less yeah. <laughs> once it's in there you're <laughs> once on it's in there here you're, you're <laughs> on somebody would have told me that the first time <laughs> and i always t- and that's a good thing with uh patients you know i always tell patients when i'm educating them especially if it's their first time that um you know it takes a little bit of the scientific method you know you have to do a little test a little bit of experiment yeah. and, and try to figure out just exactly what your body's tolerance is and what your dosage is so for some people it could be 10 milligrams some people it could be 100 to yeah. 200 maybe even more it just depends and then there's actually some other factors that go with it um if you um, don't have your gallbladder you're not producing that bile that helps break down the compounds that help your body absorb that so people who are like oh i don't feel effects i'll I'll have to ask them i'll be like well do you still have your gallbladder Um, 
and then there's some other um, there's some other effects like if the uh, cells in the lining of your stomach produce too much acid, it'll actually break down the uh, compounds too quickly for you to absorb it. So if that's, that's another factor. <clears throat> well, it's one of those things that no two people are the same. So mm-hmm. it's not like you can just say this, uh, you know, a, a cookie cutter solution. This will fix all your problems. Mm-hmm. And so much of it is, I mean, uh, along the lines of no two people are the same. Like your my my pain tolerance is going to be different than your pain tolerance. Exactly. So the amount of medicine that I would need to resolve that, it's always going to change. Exactly. So do you, I assume that, that a lot of patients, they, they find a place that they like and so they're repeat customers. Mm-hmm. So do you, do they come, like I'm guessing you have multiple people working behind the counter. Correct. Where you're at. So would they come to you next time they come in if they can? Like, yeah, they can always. Um, we do have uh, we have a rule where we can't cherry pick patients, but uh, patients can cherry pick us. Yeah. So if a patient does feel more comfortable, and you're dealing with a multiple variety of different um, illnesses, and um, you know, trying to provide different remedies, so everybody's different. So somebody could be, you know, somebody could be struggling from anxiety, and maybe you just rub them the wrong way, so they might not want to go with you. Yeah. Usually, I don't have that problem. Usually. Um, each patient is different and they kind of, uh, when they, you greet them and then they talk to you and they're pretty, um, upfront and forward. So you kind of get an idea of what type of patient they'll be. Yeah. And then I kind of just chameleon around that, you know, so I try to adapt to them to help them, to provide them, uh, with what they need. And, and the longer you're in the industry, the more you kind of get a feel for how each patient is. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, I assume too, like what, or what do you think the most, um, common is there like a more common uh reason that people are coming in um i I, i'm starting to see more and more anxiety um a lot of stress um you will have some you know serious patients that are dealing with cancer and stuff like that but it's starting to see more more um anxiety and stress kind of coming up especially like in the different um different age groups so a lot of that you'll you'll see in the younger younger group you know dealing with school um college and just like the everyday work life what do you think what do you think the reason for the spike and and when when would you say this spike you've noticed a spike in anxiety and whatnot fairly uh i would say fairly recently um i mean i guess it's kind of always been a factor the biggest one has always been chronic pain and i mean that makes sense a lot of people play sports and stuff like that so you get like injuries um from playing sports, but I would say as far as, um, usually when I ask patients, I like to ask them what they're remedying. It helps me determine which strain will be better for them because each strain has a different, uh, compound structure and will have a different result. So sativas will be more uplifting, more energetic, but they also have the side effect of, uh, paranoia. And if you're an anxious person, you're not going to want, you know, someone's going to make you paranoid and up. Yeah. So, um, I've just noticed more patients lean more towards indicas, which are more uh, sedative, more relaxing. Kind of that, like soaking to the couch feeling. Yeah, we have a uh, indica, so when patients can't remember, I just you know remember indica into couch. Oh, that was indicas we used to play. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm noticing more and more patients are are looking for more indicas, and they're looking for that more relaxation, yeah. uh, helping them sleep, and sometimes with sleep. You know, sometimes it can be insomnia or it can be um, just the insomnia is um, 
a symptom of their their bigger uh, illness, which could be anxiety. They're just they can't they can't shut off that thought process. Yeah, it just keeps going. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I I kind of makes me think that, or might be relating to um, a higher patient volume of, of anxiety issues is kind of the the stigma that has finally been put on the amount of people that are taking you know xanax and stuff like that mm-hmm. which is extremely addictive in the sense of i mean it's it's pure pharmaceutical that was made from chemicals that you and i can't go buy mm-hmm. um and so i think i think over the last year specifically it's it's really been i mean with all the 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 opioid stuff getting cracked down on. And I think with that, you're also looking at the Xanax, the, you know, even antidepressants and stuff like that. I know people that, yep. that did go to uh, cannabis instead mm-hmm. of, you know, taking the over the counter antidepressants. Well, we also get a lot of veterans too. And um, I know for like my brothers, they served overseas and um, just the injuries that they um, had under gone through, like they would be prescribed Percocet, um, oxycontin when they don't tell you stuff like that the crazy thing is so they they give you this medicine when you are hurt like that i have a really good buddy that he he's retired 95 percent disability right now Mm -hmm. um and they he he's just now getting off all of his pain pills and he did it all on his own because they'll load you up with all these different percocets Mm -hmm. or painkillers and then when you're done it's okay no more we're not gonna we're not gonna prescribe you any of those anymore but you got to figure out how to wean yourself off of it which mm-hmm. is crazy. There's, there's no help on the back end of it. But he was telling me he had, he, like the, the typical pill bottle that can fit, you know, maybe 20 pills or if they're big, he would get, they're like big ass vitamin bottles of painkillers. And that's what he would come home with every two weeks. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that is, that is crazy. But, it, and then he can't, I mean, it ruins ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't take any ibuprofen or anything like that. So if I take one of them, I'm, I'm freaking good. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, uh, just also too, they they it's not just the pain that they're they're starting to take away. It's also kind of giving them that euphoric feeling. Yeah, so they start getting addicted to that too. Mm-hmm. And when they're not having it, it's it's the opposite for them. What were you saying, Matt? Oh, do they uh, take like veteran status into account when you go to see the doctor to get your medical card? Is that something yep. that? Yeah, they definitely. Uh, they definitely give a. Di- are you talking about like a discount or something like that? Or well, not just a discount, but you know, like they come in to see if you're eligible or to get the medical card. Do they take that into account? The veteran status if they've been in active duty. And- oh, yeah. yeah Does the VA provide any funding for that? No. So the VA's position right now is... Because um, they're federal. It's it's federal. Yeah. So, like, right now, it's a, it's a kind of like what it was in the military for... Uh, if you're a gay, it's like a don't ask, don't tell policy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they don't... They can't uh, recommend that they... Um, use cannabis, but they won't tell them not to. It's kind of like... Um, okay. But they won't cover it you know, in their expenses or anything, which would be very beneficial for veterans, especially veterans who are homeless. Yeah. Have you seen prices go up or down with the growing cannabis industry here in Arizona? Um, it's, it's, it's gone down. So you're going to have, um, you know, just like I always tell patients, like basic, basic economics, like when you have more people in, in the industry, it 
it has that competition which will drive down prices um, plus the more the availability um, the better they can offer um, all these products at a better price so if they got more of a supply they can produce more at a lower price and then that helps the patients and I know with us we're starting to cultivate our own flower so a lot of our products that we can start producing in-house will uh, we'll be able to offer those products at a whole lot cheaper now how big of uh, <clears throat> how big is your cultivation area so the square footage, I don't know exactly. We have um, a large building. Uh, half of it facilitates um, the dispensary and the um, the back of the house. And then the other half of the building has the cultivation. And there's multiple rooms with um, about four strains in each room. Um, I would say um, each room is probably, shoot, Scott at least up to like five pounds from each strain, I would okay. say it would be able to yield. And how how frequently can you pull that yield off of there? Um, so each strain is different. So um, indicas tend to take up to eight weeks to cultivate, and then you have to uh, cure it. So curing is um, the plant is still, still moist, um, so you want to kind of dry it out, but not to the point where it's like actually like dry. But yeah until where it's ready to smoke that usually takes about should take up to four weeks now with the industry right now there's they're starting to get a lot more patients so they're they're trying to ramp up it. so they're trying to, yeah some some dispensaries will rush it and you can tell when you smoke it so if the if you're smoking a bowl uh when you light it and you're smoking it if it's well cured it should be white ash okay but if it's still like kind of black that means it wasn't really fully cured Hmm. That's interesting. Little tip. Yeah. <laughs> Stutter tip. <laughs> so, and with where most of your most of the medicine that that you guys do uh, purchase for resale, where does it come from? Is it grown here in Arizona, or is it California? Yeah. Or yeah. So all the products right now are uh, for Arizona are grown in the state. There's no inner commerce, so we oh, can't. You can't cross borders. No, you can't cross borders. Oh shit. So and that's. I was always very curious. So as far as Arizona, um, we got New Mexico, we got California, we got Utah, and we got Colorado to the north and um yeah we can't like people always ask like hey can i cross these state lines and i'm like I'm like if you're driving it's in your trunk like that's your personal medicine that's your personal property you don't have to disclose that to anyone but yeah. you know uh, i wouldn't be like smoking across the border you know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's no interstate commerce right now now you you do have companies that are in other states that like come into our market um, but they have to produce everything in in the state in the state that they're mm-hmm. working out of at that time. Yes, but that's an interesting question to ask because uh, if you follow the news, um, you'll see that uh, Canadian company Canatrust, like you know, they're fully um, rack and, and medical. If you have your medical card, um, mm-hmm. and they're they have stringent laws and they're breaking them. So you can only imagine if that's a huge corporation doing corporation that. doing that what what's everybody else doing yeah, so. with uh, canada can't can't you bring it up um certain medicines bring across for personal use but not 
for resale for like industries and stuff. Yeah, so, I'm sure that's probably how so they that's have it. I wonder if something like that is the how you're saying if they come across and buy it here and bring it across. Well, and what is say I have my card, how much can I possess at one time? So you're allotted two and a half ounces every two weeks. So that that that's like one of those questions that's kind of a gray area. <laughs> <laughs> say like, what if you, you know, what if you do that regularly and you start building up because you're not gonna be smoke like like I, sometimes I do have uh, extra extra weed. Uh, are you talking about like walking around or are you talking about uh, like in, in your house? I mean. So there's a lot, that's that's what kind of the bureaucracy <laughs> comes in and confuses things. So um, depend, So if you, for instance, if you wanted to um, grow some plants, you would need a cultivator license. Like I have two licenses right now. I have my um, dispensary agent okay. card and that allows me to sell medicine. His address is... No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that allows me to sell medicine and I, that allows me to transport medicine as well so if i wanted to uh transport you know some flour that we were selling to another dispensary i could do that and i can carry as as much as they want to buy so what how do you get that is that provided through the company that you're working for or can correct if you want to start a small business of just transporters could you do that mm. I'm not sure on all the logistics of that. That's one thing I have been curious about because um, I have seen like other delivery um, companies. And then Cresco, who actually is a company that is Illinois-based, just bought into our market. They bought um, Trike, who originated out in Vegas. I know that's a lot of different names. Okay. <laughs> but the premise is that they are starting to uh, test delivery right now. And our company is going to be going into delivery. Like to your home? To your home. So right now, uh, Cresco is doing um, a test market right now. Only a couple area codes are involved. We'll be doing the same. Um, I think ours is going to try to be more expanded where we'll uh, not only cover our dispensary, but other people's dispensary. Okay. Um, but so they're, t I mean, there's a lot of logistics about that that I don't really know yet, but that's another job field that is opening up. So we're going to have not only um, drivers, but dispatchers and then um, orderers to fill out that. Yeah. So that's three different, um, three different positions right there. And then of course you'll have people overseeing that. Um, but the full logistics of it, I'm not sure. I've heard like they'll have body cameras huh. on them. I heard that like you'll, it'd be, you, you wouldn't be just like someone calls in, Hey, I want a delivery. Like you would be a patient. Like we would have vetted you first yeah. and gone through all that. So what, uh, I mean, obviously, you'd have to have security there on that. So, they, would you would you pay for it online? So, I'm not like I said. Is I'm it not, a cash? It's a cash business still. It's isn't a it? cash business still. Yeah, but that's there's um, the Safe Act that just pa that just passed the House um, this past week, and now it goes to the Senate. That will open up banking. But for for right now, there's no banking because it's not federal. So, so I can't come in with my debit card. No, you could to use a ATM. So that's a third action. Okay. Third party hmm. transaction. So you're you're getting money from the ATM, but no. So right now, some people do try to uh, hack the system, so they can do like a third party, even more third, I guess, than an ATM, which would be like Venmo or yeah. something. <laughs> they have Matt standing there, who's <laughs> just gonna take credit. 
he'll do. he'll take Venmo charges. <laughs> he'll take Venmo charges. But uh, no, like Cureleaf. Um, I so so the market's so young still right now. Like um, even Cureleaf, which is starting to become like the largest uh, company nationwide here in America, they have one of the most licenses, um, cultivation and dispensary licensing, and even like they have they've bought up a couple different dispensaries here and even those dispensaries are still working almost uh on their own you know like still go because you'll go to one cure leaf yeah uh midtown and they have that where like i they do like a third party you can use your credit card so it goes through like a venmo or something like that so you're paying them um but at their other cure leaf which is like on central they just do straight cash and you got to go to their atm huh so like each dispensary kind of like experiments with their own thing and i heard even in uh chicago one dispensary came up with their own credit card oh really yeah so that's the the market has the cannabis industry i call it the green the green rush because there's still so much to go not just with cannabis itself but the the things that come off of it there yeah it's it's i mean even so first time i I, so i didn't smoke at all in high school the first time i ever had experimented with it was right after i graduated so in in 13 so in the past six years the the changes of even products available out there i mean Mm -hmm. you couldn't it was hard to get get edibles Mm -hmm. like they were there were few and far between and now there's gummies and teas Mm -hmm. um i had a uh an ex of mine her her grandma was on um Percocets for back problems, mm-hmm. and we were trying to get her off of them. And uh, yeah, she had tea that she was drinking, and then uh, husband ended up drinking some tea, and <laughs> did not know it was her special tea, and uh, made her take it out. But no, it, it, it's it's a crazy. Well, now all the balms and everything. Mm-hmm. There's there's so many different products that come out of it. Yeah, topicals. Um, the biggest one for me, and actually the biggest one that's been in the news. Bum bum bum. The vapes. Yep, um, those were not around five years ago. Like no, not at all. And now they're like prevalent all over. I remember. I remember taking <laughs> taking my because I I modded, mm-hmm. so I did the coils and everything and vaping, and I would take yeah. wax and set it onto the coils mm-hmm. with the juice around there. So like, if I would have just thought of the business idea of that, maybe I would be making money right now. But oh yeah, and it's it's uh, it's it's another method. Um, I mean, of course, it's inhalation, but it's a little quicker. It's even quicker than the 15. It takes about, like, you know, 5 to 10 since it's vapor. and But it dissipates a little bit quicker, but it's a little bit more um, potent. So that's the big thing. I have noticed, and it, it for me, it kind of, it, it looks like the amount of potency will change the type of high that you're feeling out of it or the, the type of relief that you're feeling out of it. Because, like, my feeling from just smoking typical bowl to, I mean, even from that to a bong to brownies to mm. vaping it or hitting a pin, they are too, they are, everything is a totally different feeling oh, yeah. altogether. Because you're getting a, you're getting different, um, you're getting different compounds and you're getting a different amount of potency. So like with um, with vapes, they do um, they basically extract the THC from the plant and they do it through um, usually a solvent or solventless process. 
So a solvent would be something like butane or propane. I remember when that was starting, and I went to try it until I figured out you can blow your house up yeah. doing it. Yeah. Don't do it inside. Well, it, I mean, it, it's it, it's safe if you're doing it right, if it's yeah. in a controlled, like, but if someone is trying to do it, like... Yeah, yeah, me like doing it in the backyard, it. not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and that, in the basement while you're babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why, that's why you're getting some of the... Um, some of those issues right now in the media is because some of that was black market stuff and they added um, a vitamin E acetate to it and uh, they don't test it. So out here they just passed a law where you have to test your products. So you have the compound makeup, you have the potency um, and it's actually pretty interesting too if you're a veteran um, there are some uh, labs that will test your products for you like C4 labs they'll test your products for you for free. Yeah, I mean that makes sense, especially if it, it they're uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna say that I'm against recreational because you you correlate that to drinking and it, not even similar. But if you're if you're pushing it as a medicinal use, any other medicines other than vitamins, vitamins aren't tested. But like anything medicinal goes through a, a rigorous you know testing process it goes through the trial periods mm-hmm. the whole nine yards i think it's a good idea to, to test what's going on in them oh yeah because it, it's just like you can i mean it's other drugs you can cut them with other things make it last longer mm-hmm. or make it go a little bit farther yeah and like i was mentioning a little earlier with the curing um they're not just testing for what's in the plant they're also testing like what could be on the plant so mold pesticides, pesticides stuff like yeah, that stuff like that well, I know that there's like, there's I've heard like conspiracies where the government was spraying the Mexican crops with you know deadly pesticides um, for their cannabis, and then mm-hmm. when it was coming here in the U.S., um, I think it was back in like the '80s, um, there was this plan to do that, so it mm-hmm. would turn it into a killer crop, and people would stop doing it. Um, but yeah, no, it it's a weird. And that's the thing; it's so new. Mm-hmm. You don't. Who's to say? No, this is. We're trial by trial by fire right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> even even with some of the organic stuff, um, I I feel like with with cannabis, you wouldn't you, you shouldn't really use too many, if any, pesticides because I mean the whole point of the plant is the reason it has its potency is because it's a natural. It naturally. Yeah. Uh, wards off insects and stuff like that i was actually reading this article today that was talking about um it's been actually proven at this point it's not no longer skeptical that uh cannabis actually uh it doesn't kill but it inhibits the growth of cancer cells yeah and i just it just came up i don't know who posted it. i didn't i was just headline reading mm. i saw uh-huh. that on facebook that the U.S. government. Oh, then it was probably it. fake if it was on Facebook. That yeah. might have been where I saw it, too. I think uh, Abraham Lincoln wrote the article. It's got to be true. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, there, there's there's four things that uh, that that the whole point of THC and uh, uh, cannabis does. So there's um, the apoptosis, which is it causes cancer cells to commit suicide. So THC causes um, the cancer cells to uh, commit up. Apoptosis. It's a weird name. Apoptosis, <laughs> um, and then it also um, metastasis. I might be pronouncing that wrong, but it prevents the cancer cell from going, say, your prostate, then to your lung. Okay. Um, and then 
angiogenesis it prevents that which would be the um if you, you remember i mentioned earlier with cancer patients they might want to avoid some edibles because it would feed the cancer cell mm-hmm. so again what thc does is it, it prevents that so it prevents it from growing um, blood vessels to to feed itself um, so that's why they use it in conjunction with uh, chemotherapy sometimes but if you follow the research, um, I don't know if I mentioned it just to you or, or on the podcast, but uh, Israel is actually the leader in cannabis research and a leading researcher, Dr. David Murray, who I get a lot of my uh, info from. Um, his, he's the head researcher at the Technion Israel Institute. It's kind of like the MIT of Israel. Okay. Um, and he's been on TED Talk and stuff like that, so you can find his, his work all over the internet. But... Um, even he he says that like you know people will give that sweeping generalization of oh you know cannabis you know kills cancer well there's hundreds of different types of cancer and even like specific types of cancer prostate cancer there's subtypes of cancer yeah so what he's doing is he's he's trying to see okay so maybe blue dream let's see what type of cancer this kills and so maybe it affects breast cancer but it doesn't affect prostate cancer so he's actually trying to figure out what strains do what and what in those compounds are making it come to fruition yeah that's interesting and then did they it's surprising to me that they haven't like fast-tracked any of the cannabis stuff because i i I mean uh psilocybin's been fast-tracked through um the whole trial phase of Mm -hmm. medicinal got declassified who's that Oregon. oh yeah it got declassified and then it essentially in that process now it's I mean, they're talking about having it on the market in the next year, mm-hmm. um, specifically for um, PTSD and stuff like that. Yeah, even GW Pharmaceuticals just got a um, CBD uh, product through, uh, approved by the CDC and um, by the FDA. So, well, so CBD and what? How does that law work with? So the Farm Bill, which was passed in 2018, that's what industrialized CBD. So right now, um, the um, there's the FDA is still trying to like determine like how it's gonna go about regulating it and allowing yeah. it for people. Um, and it was kind of funny that you mentioned vitamins because. You know, that's not really regulated. Not at all. And yet they want to regulate, you know, certain things. So it, you have, they have an open forum right now, and I actually submitted to it. You can go online. I forget what the, the thing is, but if you Google it, you should be able to find it. But it was able, they have an open forum um, so that you can kind of voice your, you know, your comments. Um, and I saw, like, a lot of stupid stuff, like, oh, man, this stuff should be legal. But, like, I wanted to post actual, you know, scientific information about it or just like you know i posted something i think by dr david Meary, and for them to like you know do their own research but i mean you kind of brought up you know if it's a schedule one it can't be it can't be researched really but there are some loopholes that you can kind of go through um but the hoops to jump through it are extraordinary well and so much of that funding comes from federal sources anyways Mm -hmm. so you have some schools um the university of arizona one of the professors had uh lobbied and i don't know if you saw it in the news but they were trying to get like veterans to like kind of do the um be a part of the study and then the study all fell apart yep and i saw her at a um an event uh called women grow so it kind of like tries to inspire women to get into the industry 
and she was like a, a spokesperson came in she was talking about just like the all the roadblocks to trying to research cannabis and even when you finally do get the product you know it's like stuff that they confiscated in like a raid it was like mexican brown weed that had yeah. been sitting in police lockup for months you know well and then on top of that i've heard especially with medicinal in anything in the medical you get a finite amount of product itself to test mm-hmm. so it's not like you can you can you know well, maybe this will work. Let me just throw this out there because you only have so much for the product or so so much for the for the experiments. And then mm-hmm. once you're out, that's all you get. So it, it definitely they don't make it easy for anything like that. No, and it's weird to hear them like speak on it too because there's, there's no research that they have. Did you know? you know there's colleges that are offering classes in cannabis? Yes. Uh, the University of Maryland um, is offering an MBA in like uh, cannabis oh. in Ohio State. But go guys, blue. go back. <laughs> <laughs> They're offering like a legal aspect of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. Well, my question. So, <clears throat> so being a city worker in the state of Arizona, and and this is in one of the, I, I'm union represented. The, our union president is actually in my department, so I've talked to him about it multiple times. But now that CBD is legal. And there's a, a percentage of THC that can be found in that. 0.03. Which still makes it legal. But if I take CBD that's at 0.03 and I have a piss test, am I going to come up positive? So that's definitely a big issue right now with um, with a lot of people and why I would always... Th- this is where I like to use Canada because they're they're recreational, but like you still like have that option to go get your medical card and i feel like that's how america should stick with it is like you have two sides you have medical and you have recreational so it, when you're doing it medical you know it's coming from a tested dispensary who's going to make sure that it's 0.03 yeah or less um and if you pick it up from circle k who knows if they're doing that all the circle k are selling <laughs> it now yeah it was you know it's so funny uh yeah bashes circle k cbs walgreens they're all gonna start start doing it uh, and sprouts had actually already been doing it same with gnc i had noticed they had already had hemp cbd products so. i mean they have all the hemp lotions and stuff so yeah. it makes sense same probably coming from the same distributors similar yeah and then well and then Going back to how you medicate, since you've met, mentioned topicals a lot, that's that's going to go on your skin. So that will be absorbed by the uh, the pores, but it shouldn't go past the dermis, so it shouldn't get into the blood system. Um, so you wouldn't have to worry about topicals. Just don't put it on your open cut. Yeah, don't put it on the open cut. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you're doing some blingles, tinctures, stuff like that, you know, you definitely want to make sure that it's it's definitely has the test results so a, um, a lot of companies now are putting the test results on the box okay um so you, you definitely want to double check you know where you're getting your products from and then even if it is on the box i mean you know you can crap in a box and i can guarantee it doesn't mean it's gonna be good you know <laughs> yeah so Does what? the uh, FDA like approve that stuff? Do they so have that, like stamps on there? The FDA it? is still they're still um, trying to distinguish whether how they're going to do it because so. their hands are tied right now. Yeah, yeah. So because they can't, FDA is a federal entity. Mm-hmm. But it, it same thing. It comes down to like what I was saying with the this. I work for the state, 
if I have my medical card, I should be able to use it. But if I get in a uh, injury, if I get an injury, OSHA comes in. Mm-hmm. OSHA is the one that runs a test. OSHA is being federal. Mm-hmm. Now I can no longer. There's. It's just essentially it's recommended. Stay away. A lot. Yeah. A lot of. A lot of things are in limbo right now. It's not just the product itself, cannabis itself. It's the the things that come with it. So I get a lot of people that ask about flying. With it? Yeah, flying with it, getting tested for it. I went to Peru a couple of mo- couple of years ago, like three years ago now. Some lady in our tour group brought a shit ton of <laughs> cannabis with her out of Miami. I was like, first off, you're flying to and from Miami. That's a hot spot anyways. You're, I don't know how you didn't get searched. She shows up. We're on this walk, and they're like, hey, you want to smoke? I'm like, where'd you get it? I'm like, oh, Miami. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, there's so the, yeah. It's I mean, it depends where you're coming from. A lot of airports like LAX will let you fly up to an ounce, but you know, you if you're flying into say Nashville, they might arrest you. So you <laughs> get the there, you know. Who was that? There was a uh, God. I'm I'm shooting a blank on the name. There was some like super famous person. I want to. It might have been Tyson. They he flew in somewhere, and the second he touched down on the ground, there was like. Uh, federal agents there that picked him up and ended up searching his private jet and he had copious amounts oh yeah <laughs> he, he, there was an article that said that he says he spends around forty thousand a month on, on his personal yeah, usage his personal usage i mean him I and his like, boy Damn. did the <clears throat> i was uh i think it was on it like a jre episode and they were talking about like they broke it down like how many how many ounces you would have to smoke to hit that 40 40 plus thousand dollars and it was a stupid amount but then it's also it's him and his whole crew yeah plus he's probably he's probably buying like the best best of the best weed for like (laughs) well he's got and he's got his whole uh resort going on out there Mm -hmm. which that's an interesting interesting way but i think getting people like that into the industry um i mean uh uh what's it what's the plant when you're planting pots miracle grow mm-hmm. miracle grow bought a shit ton of land like a, two years ago mm-hmm. because they see it coming oh yeah miracle miracle grow i mean that's why I, I, again the green the green rush there's every aspect whether you want to get into it literally or if you want to invest in it miracle grow you can invest in other cannabis companies there's stock there's cannabis stocks now mm-hmm and uh you invest in those right oh yeah i i invest in cannabis stocks uh i i pay a lot of close attention to what's going on uh in both the legal aspect and uh the international aspect because it's going to be a huge global market they're already projecting hundreds of billions of dollars and well it it all gets taxed well would it get taxed so if it's medicinal it wouldn't correct no no they are definitely going to tax that you you best believe <laughs> i mean i would assume but, but do they tax and so I, right, do they tax prescriptions so it's going to be like a sales tax um and i've been looking it's like 16 percent as one of the one of the recommendations and i think you should go lower than that because y- you don't want to you don't right now there's a black market still and in fact, some would say it's just as strong as the legal and medical market, yeah. if not stronger. Um, so I believe if you start taxing, you're just gonna you're just gonna affect the businesses even more. And you can see that in California right now. I mean, they 
got tons of businesses and they have a lot of saturation a lot of a lot of products yeah so i don't know we'll see i mean when a lot of factors kind of come into it when you actually allow us to start doing interstate interstate commerce and then exporting it to other countries i mean that could help fix that but i I don't think you want to go too heavily taxing on it i mean well and the amount of i mean look at what colorado did that first year that they recreationalized it they had billions of dollars that they didn't know what to use it on mm-hmm. like it, it was supposed to go to schooling but you gotta be specific so like teachers i think it should be going to teachers i think it should be going to first responders paying them um doing infrastructure yeah definitely schools but you gotta be more specific like you know people are i, I always wonder like what do they mean by schools like where is this money going to is it going to teachers is it going to books is it going to university of colorado's uh <laughs> dean yeah <laughs> is it going to pay <laughs> Uh, but I think it could definitely help with a lot of a lot of the problems that we got, both with funding, with our economy, with you know even our environment. You know, if you start switching from um, paper, you know, being tree products to hemp products. Yeah, I mean, you you'll it breaks down. Hemp plastics too. Mm-hmm. That's hemp a big plastics. one. Even even for um, even for building stuff, concrete. Yeah, using hemp, hemp. in it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hemp uh, also can be turned into a styrofoam, which yep. is a big thing for green buildings now. Mm-hmm. So mix the styrofoam with the concrete on the mm-hmm. inside. You have insulation. Yeah, no, it's and it's one of those things. It you take, I mean, take a stock and snap it, and then go snap a piece of uh, cotton. Like it, it's the same m- makeup of mm-hmm. the two two different plants, but you look at the strength, tensile strength of cannabis plants or hemp versus anything else out there it's like a it's like bamboo Mm -hmm. like that's not gonna break it's so strong and then that's gonna provide uh more agriculture into our um into our country which i I feel like we've lost a lot of farms yeah um we've lost a lot of agriculture and i think that can kind of bring that back bring back some more jobs i think that the the issue with that would be the type of people the type of people that are going to be against it, I feel like, are those type of, you know, lifelong farmers, um, very one-sided in their opinion. Well, the farmers have actually been on board. It's oh, really? Yeah, it's the um, it's the politics really of it, regulating it and taxing it, um, and then big business. I feel like has been trying to get in, try to slow it down, so they can kind of catch up sweet yeah switch into it swoop in because you got you got mold uh you got marlboro uh altria i think is what they're known as and they bought into um they bought into the cannabis market um so it'd be an easy switch for them to switch their their crops around mm-hmm. well i mean that's I mean, they would stick with tobacco still i'm sure but they probably do like you know you'd have green marlboro cigarettes or whatever <laughs> They'd be they'd be little, uh, which I'm which I'm not against as long as you know they're still being tested and you yeah. know they're not you know marketing to children mm-hmm. and whatnot. <laughs> so what's what's your uh, with with the amount of research and stuff that you have done on on uh, cannabis and its effects? What do you think that the the age limit should be on usage? So um, the age, I don't think there should be really. Um, 
because you you there are those instances where especially like special needs kids with mm-hmm. seizures and stuff um mm-hmm. do it but then the parents get a lot of flack because i'm giving the the bad named cannabis to my you know 12 year old kid who mm-hmm. can't function because he has deathly seizures on a regular basis well that's well that's where um cbd became really popular so that was an alternative um so thc and cbd are called phytocannabinoids and they're um the cannabis plant is made up of hundreds of compounds and out of some of those compounds are phytocannabinoids there's also terpenes there's also flavonoids um these are natural things in plants and fruits and stuff like that um but the uh the phytocannabinoid cbd doesn't have a psychoactive effect so they found when they um, raised plants with higher CBD and lower THC, they're able to treat epilepsy a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through research, they found that CBD was that main compound that was helping with seizures and epilepsy and stuff like that. It also has multiple medical applications as well. A big thing specifically with kids is autism. Um, they found that it ha- helps with, um, a lot of kids that are violent with autism mm-hmm. or have attention disorders, yeah. um, stuff like that. So they've found that these different phytocannabinoids have different medicinal values, and some of them don't even have uh, psychoactive effects. So yeah. THC is what's psychoactive, but like THC, um, THCA is actually not psychoactive. So um, it's basically just breaking down those compounds and figuring out which would be suitable for your your medicinal need now is it easy to um like extract like a specific uh like cannabinoid um so it is actually there's different processes so like with the vapes they do a a bho or a co2 extraction method so that will get the thc but it'll strip other phytocannabinoids and other terpenes and that's kind of where you we're picking up on the different effects. Okay. So it's kind of like an equation. So, you know, if you have X plus C, that'll equal Z. So if you change that up, you'll have a different effect. Okay. Or if you add to it, you'll have another different, you know, medicinal effect. So going back to like with kids, um, if you can distinguish which phytocannabinoid will be best. And keep in mind, we kn- here in America, we know of two, THC and CBD. Yeah. Now there's over 140 different phytocannabinoids so we know less than 0.007 percent <laughs> literally <laughs> scratching the surface. yeah so so that's what i'm saying we need to do do more research and start uh figuring out um and it's not just those phytocannabinoids either so like if you uh recently harvard just um released a study that they found that a certain flavonoid in cannabis helps uh treat prostate cancer so there's 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 other so <clears throat> Um, I had a person, uh, that had that <clears throat> or, and, uh, I found out CB, like CBD, um, there's been studies related that CBD helps that, which is probably somewhat along the same lines as of what you're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went and got some for him and, uh, cause he would never, he's the type of person that would never think devil product. Mm-hmm. So never do it. And he ended up doing it. And, uh. I mean, it's one of those things you can't really tell, but, um, it, and there's so many, I mean, what, uh, what's the negative side effect to CBD? 
Um, there really aren't any. I haven't really experienced any. And then when it comes to like overdosing, to the amount you'd have to take to overdose on it is an extreme amount that you, is just not possible. It's like two thousand kilograms or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna happen. And 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 with with cannabis more specifically in layman's terms for people. So if you think about it, like you know, you have everyday um, fruits and vegetables that help. So like uh, rosemary. Uh, rosemary helps fight cancer too but the amount that it takes a concentrated amount of rosemary to combat cancer um, is a whole lot less with cannabis to combat it so instead of using like you know 70 kilograms of extracted (laughs) rosemary you get one gram of uh, cannabis so and and i this is all information that is i mean relatively i mean last 10 years at the latest, I feel like that these studies are even able to be happening, other than mm-hmm. the, the the guy out in Israel that's <laughs> been doing it forever. All of Israel. So with Israel, uh, they work in conjunction with their government. So their government isn't, uh, you know, preventing them from doing research, research, and it's not like you know setting different rules. It's actually working in conjunction with them. And that specific guy, uh, Dr. David uh, Deddy Miri is also using technology uh apparently they have some type of uh weed app where they can record uh the different effects that they have from the different strains so they're actually oh. yeah they're like leaps and bounds ahead well, of us kind of like that uh i think it's called beer me like you you select mm-hmm. select the beer that you just had and where you had it and its flavors and you know the the color and all that stuff that'd be interesting to do is you know have everybody have this app and then I used this exact mm-hmm. product, and I felt this. I felt paranoid for 20 minutes, and then it stopped. And then, kind of hopping back to um, hopping back to the jobs things again. I mean, I'm always like, we need to get Bill Gates in this game right now because <laughs> a lot of the POS systems. I mean, Matt, you can attest to this. Like, y- if you go to uh, a store, you know, you just you ring up something. If there's a sale, it's there. Or if like you know, it's on sale. You know, you ring it in and it's good to go. You don't have to like itemize, discount everything. And that's like what we have to do right now. So it's like from the technology aspect to the cultivation aspect to the marketing, sales, medical, like there's so many different aspects of cannabis that needs help, you know. It's it's literally a brand new industry. Mm-hmm. And it has so many different uh, avenues you can go down. And I was actually reading an interesting article about a uh, veteran who um, had a high security clearance and he didn't want to lose that. So he didn't want to get into the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere down the road, he forego that and just got into the industry and he's never looked back and he's so glad. And he had a technological uh, technological background. So he was able to use his skills. You and know, to, to benefit f- it. Yeah, to benefit further for his company. It's interesting. So what how's the pay in the cannabis industry you know it's you got you got your uh you got your costcos and then you got your walmarts so you know some companies take better care of their employees than others and that was kind of the reason why i switched um from the company i was at to another company that took better care of not only their employees but also their patients and i feel like um a lot of people in the industry get caught up on uh smoking the best buds and getting the best you know buds and not focusing on you know what they got into the uh the business for and that was you know helping out patients you know if we claim we're here to help 
you know medicinally mm-hmm. but all they care about is how high they're getting and what money they're making you know they're not serving any they're so not serving anyone is there a lot of money put into um because there's obviously a huge science aspect to this like all of the different guys that combine strands and the guys that do the blasting and all mm-hmm. that stuff is there a lot of money put into those sorts of jobs there is so um you'll have your lead cultivator um who is basically kind of like an artist so there's like a there's a little bit of science and there's a little art to this um it comes down to the nutrition the nutrition in the soil to the the hours that you're giving it light to the hours you're not to how you're storing it so there is a bit of um a little bit, a little bit of an art to it. So you know, it's just like kind of like uh, plastic surgery. You know, yeah. You know, you got the the doctors of the that have the art uh, aspect to it, and they do the best work, and that's what our cultivators do. And the better the cultivator, the higher the pay. But the pay is really good. Um, and like I said, there's multiple aspects to it. So you don't have to, you know, just be a cultivator or be a patient service representative. You know, you got the marketing, you got yeah. the logistics, you got now we're entering on delivery. So you have transportation, you have delivery. So it's, there's a lot. Well, it's one of those industries too that, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think it's like getting into computing when IBM and, and Microsoft and stuff like that came out, those people that got into it in those first five even 10 years they're millionaires now like it, it's such a fast growing industry that oh, that yeah. getting it at this point i mean even if you you ride the ride the train on the low end of the totem pole for the next five years while it mm. blows up you're still going to be in way better shape than i mean the, the average person that sticks out of it mm. what would be the um like how 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 did you get into this career so i got into it kind of just by circumstance like uh a company i had worked for it was a restaurant they had been around for like 65 70 years and it was like third generation owned and he just you know wanted to retire so i just happened to be in the market looking and i there was there was a ad to uh get into it and i figured you know this would be my foot in the door and that was that was what i did and it was um it was a good it was good at first experience to get my foot in the door, but also kind of learn um, that I, there was more out there that I actually knew. And there's like even different sized, you know, you have the cultivation, you have the sales side, and you have the uh, medical side of it, you know, with the doctors and stuff. So there's different aspects to it. And then right now, there's so many ways to, um, there's so much information out there that I feel um, people don't know. Like, like I said, with like they only know THC and CBD, while there's yeah. other hundreds of other uh, beneficial compounds out there that they don't even realize. And like I always kind of compare it to food sometimes, whereas like we all eat food, but we all don't eat the same food. Some people are lactose intolerant; they can't eat dairy. Some people are diabetic; they can't eat things high in sugar. Um, but they still, you know, they still have to eat food. So there yeah. is that certain food for people, just like cannabis. I feel like there's a, you know, people be like, oh, I can't smoke that it'll make me paranoid or it makes me too tired it's like all right well then maybe you should stay away from sativas or you should stay away from indicas but i feel like you know whether it's thc or cbd or you know cbg or cbc there's something that could help people with whether it's stress anxiety pain so are there i'm I'm sure there there's people that come into the the shop that you know are 
un- unsure whether or not they want to go through with this or mm-hmm. anything like that. Are there instances where I'm sh- are there instances where you're like, you know what, maybe maybe <clears throat> ingesting it's not not the right thing. I mean, if you're just sore like on your knee, mm-hmm. <clears throat> rubbing the the tropical on your knee is sufficient for some people. There are there instances where where you know, <clears throat> you being a professional in the industry, you're you're like, ah, eh, you know what? You can. I'm not going to say no, but maybe we should try this route instead and go from there. Oh yeah, uh, <clears throat> let's, let's use uh, let's use Matt as an example here. Matt doesn't really smoke cannabis, um, but if he has lower back pain, I would recommend a yeah a topical to him. That way, you know, he's not ingesting it, he's not inhaling it, but he is still getting that medicinal value uh, to the pain in his back. Yeah, actually, it's funny you should bring up the knee and that. Cause yeah. When I was in California. Um, know being a server running around so much and playing sports all my life my knees would hurt and i had got some of the topical from a co-worker and it actually you know it made the days more bearable mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of going with it and well and like the like i had gotten my um i got my mom a topical mm-hmm. um just for it, it's a it's like a almost like a olive oil consistency it's real real uh fluent mm-hmm. um and it just has a little roller ball but like, like lower balm. yeah lower back pain migraines you're rubbing it you're rubbing it on the like the the neck joint there mm-hmm. um helps that um my sister as well um uh i don't i think it was just a cbd uh tropical but um like my, my sister has autism so ex- when she expresses pain it's my head hurts and there's no, you don't have further. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a general, I'm not going to say cure all, but let's go here. This should dampen it out because it, it, it does, it's medicinal properties reach so many different aspects of mm-hmm. where any other root problems that it could be. And I mean, with CBD, the worst that could happen is, you know, you just, you don't like it and it's okay. It's whatever you move on. It's not going to have any adverse side effects. Have you ever had anybody like get a rash or something from it? Um, from a topical, um, I haven't. Um, like are people allergic to it? I, I, I would have to imagine you'll have like, a, if, if people can be allergic to peanuts and the sun, I imagine there's got to be a small percentage that would be <laughs> allergic to, to it. it. Yeah. But um, I haven't come across anything uh quite yet but that's not to say that i won't um there was one patient who um claimed that she got high off of it which um i'm not gonna tell someone they're wrong yeah um but you know like i said everybody's body is different you gotta use a little bit of the scientific method a little test and experiment maybe her body you know does um you know react to it you know a little bit more um so you know i treated it like that you know yeah i treated it like that's the what the case was so we we just moved on from there and like i said every patient is different so that's where some part of the industry you want to think like you even hear like people that work there like well should we have like some type of certified training should we and i'm thinking the way it goes i mean it's so young like i was saying mm-hmm. before so there's so many ways that it can advance and um i don't really see it like where you'd need like a like a de- like a, a degree, degree but um i would say i mean it should like something else like anything like have some type of certification certification some knowledge you well know. it's one of those things too that like you know it i feel like 
the best way to go about it would be, you know, putting yourself into their shoes. So it's like, okay, you have lower back pain. <clears throat> Me being around this multiple hundreds of different products for the last two years, I can, if my instance, this works better for stuff like that. So I'm going to recommend that. If that doesn't work, I'll go ask Joe on the other side of the counter and see if he has a recommendation for it. Like, Yeah, you could do that. Um with like so lower back pain's a good one. So it could be muscles, it could be nerves, it could be literally these people broke their back, it could be a herniated disc, slip disc. So um I what's good about all the patients that I work with, they all have different uh, medicinal needs and I the biggest thing I can do is get feedback from them. Yeah. You know, what's what's ailing them? What have they used so far? What has worked so far? what hasn't um what type of ways are they medicating so like if they have extreme pain um my one buddy he had broken his back and he used rick simpson oil um rick simpson oil was originally used to help uh this guy named rick simpson cure skin cancer and then the way he um this was another extraction method um so instead of like the bho or like the uh, co2 he did um he extracted the THC using alcohol isopropyl. Okay. And so that was a more concentrated uh, medicinal form of THC that helps a wide variety of treatments. Um, now, it also helps with pain. Um, so, like, a lot of patients use it for pain. Um, and that's what my buddy with the broken back used it for. So yeah. sometimes I'll recommend it for that. Um, but edibles could work just as well and whereas they wouldn't have to use the rso which would be more concentrated so kind of knowing that differentiation of yeah like where their pain is what's the level just all you can do is just keep asking keep getting information now have you had um have you found any for lack of a better term hallucinogenic properties to edibles yes so <laughs> i always tell patients start off small i mean everybody like they always recommend across the board like start out with 10 milligrams um everybody's body's different so 10, 10 milligrams could be a lot for some people yeah uh, but it's a good starting point um usually to if you do feel like you're hallucinating uh the best thing is to drink drink water and eat more food it'll help you process it quicker mm-hmm um if but I've found like you have to take a lot. So like for instance, me, I would have to take three hundred to three hundred fifty milligrams to be not, tripping balls, not hallucinate <laughs> and trip balls. Like I I I haven't gone further than three fifty, but yeah. I wasn't like hallucinating. But like uh, you know, you're feeling it. You're feeling like oh shoot, the room started dance. <laughs> So I can imagine if you take two, you know, if you, cause there's some, there's this one, this one uh, brownie that's like a thousand milligrams and they just recently came out with a 2000 milligram Gosh. bar by Corova. Oh. So I can only imagine like if you have some person on their first day, that's like, hey, hey take this. We got this one on sale. Well, that's what happened with me. The first time I ever had an edible, I didn't know what it was. I had a few drinks, got mm -hmm. hungry and picked up a pretty large size brownie and ate the whole thing and uh uh yeah, it was a fun night oh I, yeah i had this night. uh i was in this was like when i first moved down here um i had gotten a really good deal on shake and the stuff he was selling was <laughs> it, it was good 
So it's like I ended up. It was like three ounces of shake for like a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So I was like, brownies, perfect. There you go. So I put a whole. It was like one or two ounce bags of shake into my the whole amount of oil that I was making into about one batch of brownies. And we split the brownies up into four. There were four of us. Mm-hmm. And we did this at like six o'clock in the afternoon. And we had work the next morning. At work the next day at like noon, I texted the other people. And I was like, hey, how are you guys doing? Everybody was still like tripping on from <laughs> these brownies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the shake, uh, uh, so with the cannabis plant, if you imagine it, um, let's say, let's take like the top part, it's going to be the, called the cola. You got the bud, you got the leaves, you got the pistils, uh, and then these trichomes that are all over the plant. And that is what excretes the, t- the THC and the different phytocannabinoids and terpenes. So like when you smell it, you smell like it smells skunky or it smells, you know, like, you know, sweet lemony or whatever that's those are going to be the terpenes um that are excreted uh out of those trichomes and those are all over the plant so like when you have trim like that you basically have like the fine all the powder dust Mm -hmm. so like the actual like fine trichomes are are going to be called keef Mm -hmm. like if you have like a grinder and like it's a three three chamber and like the fine part particles that like crystally stuff you see that's going to be the trichomes the cubes that you used to buy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they're like and they're all over the plant so when you get trim like that and it's the leaves the stems and whatever the 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 bud you're getting all that and especially when you that's why it's best to cook with it because then Mm -hmm. you're decarboxylating all of it and then you're getting that all that effect have you ever heard of people cooking with uh coconut oil Oh yeah, using coconut oil because it doesn't you don't mm-hmm. it doesn't have to get as hot. But then that's why I asked earlier: uh, is there like a temp- temperature point that it has to get to? Yes. So it's I believe it's like two hundred and ten degrees. Um, it's either two hundred and ten degrees for forty five minutes or as low as like one hundred and twenty degrees for like two hours. Okay, because I had done, I think, because I just set it up. I mean, it was Phoenix. Mm-hmm. but set it up in my window seal for like three days mm-hmm. with just coconut oil mm-hmm. um i mean it wasn't as effective as when i used uh crisco <laughs> 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 just burn that shit well we actually we have actual oils now so like we have coconut oil that's already medicated we have olive oil um i had some honey that i made some uh barbecue honey oh. uh buffalo wings See the cooking aspect. Yeah, that's a whole nother industry in itself. Oh yeah, um, it's the edible market. Yeah, is like um, I think just as much as just the flour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see stores like a McDonald's per se, like that type mm-hmm. of store being on the side. Like, come get your food here, or or meal prep boxes like that you order online. Like here you oh, go. Yeah meal prep and add this into it so as soon as the <laughs> fda um rules on cbd you're gonna start seeing cbd drinks there's already talk about beers infused beers they, i've seen it in can or i've heard of it in canada they have yeah. cbd i think it was bud light bud light or corona invested in thc beers mm-hmm. um constellation brands they own sved vodka and corona they invested into i believe canopy grow um, one of the canadian uh big companies they invested like four billion 
chump change yeah must be nice yeah so they're they're coming in pretty big pretty hard and like i said there's other um countries even uh thailand i believe thailand was the first asian country um to start allowing medical so you're gonna i mean you already have germany you have uh you have australia south africa your uruguay mexico is about to go fully wreck canada of course is already well i know portugal and Switzerland, those are two countries that uh, essentially legalized all drugs. Um, and I was reading this article. <clears throat> it, they did it in Portugal first, um, but the study was out of Switzerland, I believe it was. And essentially what they did is, um, so they legalized everything and then gave you um, treatment centers. Like This is leaning towards heroin. But gave you treatment centers to come. We'll give you the heroin. It's going to be medical grade, so there's no fentanyl or anything crazy in there. <laughs> we'll give you the the means to do it, so the tools and a place to do it. And one of the things that I was seeing is um, <clears throat> one of the. I mean, if you get incarcerated for a class one narcotics charge, you have that stigma on your record for the rest of your life i was in prison for <coughs> drugs mm-hmm. <clears throat> so not only employment but you also have your social circles that frown upon that and one of the big things that they saw in switzerland when they were doing this is not only did we give you the means to do it but we also took away the criminality of it and we're going to put you in social circles and employment groups that are okay with it, that understand that you have a problem and you're getting through it. So, I mean, why do people go to narcotics in the first place? It's usually something crazy happens in their life. They can find a, a cheap high on pills or something like that, mm-hmm. and they it's just a waterfall from there. So if you eliminate the the social issues of why people get into it in the first place you eliminate it being a growing issue and so now from the original core group that started into the program it's less than two percent that are still in that program everybody else has grown and you know gotten out of it sobered up from it um and it's in that that legalization of everything and i mean you can go to the pharmacy and pick up medical grade heroin like which is a weird concept here in america because (laughs) you can't even get thc well yeah now without that card yeah without that card you can't even get allergy medicine without sudafed yeah i can never find sudafed on aisle nine (laughs) you you, it was actually kind of funny like i kind of chuckled uh coming out of circle k because this person got turned down for a lighter not having their id yeah you gotta be 18 to get that lighter so I don't know how they're gonna smoke their weed or <laughs> hit their bong. <laughs> what is your uh, what is your perception of paranoia while smoking? Um, it's it's very mental. Um, I'm a kind of mind over matter guy. Like um, same with I understand like with anxiety too. Like I feel anxiety. Cannabis definitely helps me with stress. Um, I don't know about like. If I use it for anxiety, I don't think I do. Um, but with with paranoia, it's just, you know, I just tell myself, like, it's just a side effect, of, uh, a possible side effect. And you can see it more in, like, sativas. So that's why I would never recommend a sativa to anyone who gets overly paranoid. <laughs> 
but uh that's what hybrids are good for they're going to be a mix of like sativa and indica um but yeah it's i mean i don't know i just i never really struggled with it some people do i think just understanding your body there's nothing wrong with like if you get paranoid i mean you know just stay home um don't drive or whatever like uh, my friend chris you know he loves smoking cannabis but he doesn't feel like he can drive on it whereas you know some people they may or may not you know yeah um i would never recommend smoking and driving but i definitely know that there's um there's people there's that people really there yeah it's much. it's like alcoholics there's very high functioning alcoholics that mm-hmm. you wouldn't even notice if you didn't smell it same yeah. thing with cannabis like you've been doing it for a while and and you know your tolerance is built up and you take just a little bit yeah i know people that are high functioning mm-hmm. so i would never recommend like smoking and driving uh, whether I do or not, we'll keep that, <laughs> keep that to myself. <laughs> That's not on a pub- but, keep that off the public forum. But um, but no, it's great because you you know you have tech. You know we live in a tech world, so we got you know Lyft, we got Uber. You know yeah. you hit them up on your phone real quick. They can take you to wherever, and especially if there's like an event. Um, I hope as the future goes, we'll see more um, dab bars. You know, yeah. another aspect of uh, more jobs it can create. Uh, you know, going to dad bars, and I think you might see the uh, little cultural shift. I, I I don't ever think alcohol will ever go away. It's you know strong, strong uh, aspect of life. Um, but I think you can see cannabis coming in more, being more socially acceptable, um, definitely more um, accessible. I think as time goes, for sure. Well, and that's kind of a weird thing that that I've noticed is, I mean, to last night was a perfect instance where come over and play card games. Obviously, there's going to be alcohol there. I got white girl wasted <laughs> drinking, playing card games. That's an understatement. <laughs> but the the social stigma on drinking, there's virtually none. I mean, if you're an alcoholic, there's one there. But, you know, watching football on Sundays, you're going to have some beers, and that's expected of people pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other side of that where, you know, what you smoke, you, you use cannabis, like – no, you're a pothead. You're lazy. You're not. You don't do anything with your life. But then you see people that are extremely successful mm-hmm. that do use it, and but that's they're an exception. Mm-hmm. It's you like you can see. Uh, you know, I work in the restaurant industry. You know, a lot of the younger people they're more open about it, about smoking and doing all that stuff. Whereas the older people are more like. They keep it to themselves because mm-hmm. they feel mm-hmm. like they're going to be judged. They don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> I'm their boss. They're afraid if I find out about it that they're going to get terminated immediately. <laughs> You'd have to term- <laughs> terminate the whole staff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> working in the restaurant. Working in customer service. You have to have <laughs> advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you deal with a lot of people. So, I mean, that's why I say, like, I, I always say with anxiety and stress, you know, that's a new thing that kind of came out for it because um people are starting to treat that more and they're starting to notice it more and you know each person's different so if it chills you out i always say yeah go for yeah. it for sure i mean the, the medical awareness around psychological issues is growing mm-hmm. every year <clears throat> and I, I think cannabis is one of those things that if you can if you can fix a problem or not fix but if you can help a problem in a natural way which I consider cannabis to be, mm-hmm. um, uh, you may as well do that. I mean, but then you also run into the same thing. Any, you know, meth is technically natural. It's made out of natural elements. 
it's just natural elements turn into non-natural. <laughs> so it, it's uh, I've heard arguments on both sides of that. You're like, well, I, I think with the um, I think kind of what you were touching about upon earlier is just kind of like you know we had the war on drugs. We've done that since the uh, like since what Nixon. So 60s. about yeah, the late late sixties, early seventies. So I mean. And even before then, I mean, it was kind of starting to be ostracized in like the 1930s. Um, I mean, we've done that. We've tried that. You know, it's it's trying. It's time for a new technique. You know, a new method. You know, because it's not working. And if anything, it's it's gotten worse. And what we're seeing now is, um, luckily, is there's some legislation with the legalization that gives the opportunity to expunge some of those records. I have like one buddy who did nine years for just you know pounds you know he wasn't it was no joke you know he was selling pounds but you know it's like it's something that's legal right now that some person's selling right now making millions of dollars but you don't have them in jail just what because they waited until it was legalized so it's like it's good to have that aspect where they'll at least expunge it have they expunged anything like in vegas or colorado like or california states where it has legalized I recreationally be- i believe california i think some east coast um like massachusetts new york i think is looking into um illinois uh, midwest looking to uh expunge some of those stuff and then with the uh the new bills kind of in the house and the senate they're looking to have the option to expunge those uh certain offenses but each each state is different some it's like it depends on the amount that you're arrested for and charged with. So, you know, there's definitely, um, I think we should broaden that to just, you know, expunge, just expunge ball. Well, and you look at, and I, I hate to go into like conspiracies, but like you look at the uh, prison <clears throat> industry and the amount of people that have been incarcerated and what their charges were on in the 90 percentile is marijuana is why people are incarcerated and the u.s also has the highest incarceration numbers in the entire world oh yeah so the prison is prison's more of a business here oh 100 you know, it was it's originated to be sort of a rehab to get people in you know rehab them teach them more life skills and send them back into the wild but you know. but now you look at look at people going to prison i'm gonna you got caught selling an ounce of weed to a cop. I'm going to put you in prison with people that kill people or, you know, (laughs) aggravated assault, stuff like that. But when you come out from that, you're not going to be anything like them. You're going to be, you're going to be cured. You're going to be fixed. It's like, how do you expect? I mean, you, you, you are the person of the people that you hang out around or Mm. hang around with. Like, if you are surrounded 24 hours a day for years on on end with legitimate violent criminals Mm -hmm. there's going to be people that get violent tendencies from that yeah psychology will say that uh you know we're influenced by our environment so i mean if you're locked up with some psychos you know you're not going to turn out to be the best when you come out and i think blow starring johnny depp kind of touched (laughs) yeah kind of touched upon that like you know he went in he originally he uh you know was just selling pot and then you know moved on to cocaine and figured out basically how to transport that and break the law by you know going into jail um and then you see it like with narcos um uh, the cia like the guy that was in the cia his account of it you know he started out with you know it was just 
cannabis chasing hippies and then it turned into him chasing uh cocaine dealers with uzis and i feel like it just goes back to okay we tried it this way we got more violence uh more deaths and it didn't solve the problem if anything it just made it bigger um and then we should have really seen this before with prohibition with alcohol so i just think you know we've kind of learned a lesson you know the crazy is you know repeating the same yeah. same action and expecting a different outcome fool so, me once yeah fool me twice type of thing <laughs> so i think it's time to like you know start something start, start something different whether it's you know legalizing these and um you know providing centers to help with their addictions and have a safety net you know it's i'm fine with giving that a try well and you're not going to get rid of it there's it, it's so engulfed and there's so many means of people getting it it's you I mean, uh, we're in a ban right now of Schedule One drugs. Mm-hmm. I bet you I can find at least five different people to get it for me in the next thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely get LSD and heroin for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, especially in this neighborhood, there's a Circle K right down the street. That's true. <laughs> Matt's holding. <laughs> uh, but I think I'm at work all day. <laughs> I think with cannabis, though, and, and just from my experience, we're treating a lot of uh, uh, patients that have had um, opiate addictions. And um, in my own experience, um, growing up in Little Chardon, Ohio, <laughs> suburb of Cleveland, where innocence prevails. No, uh, <laughs> you know, it was ostracized just as much as heroin or meth. So, you know, you would go down to Cleveland to get you know, some, some weed. And the dealer also was like, Hey, I got a hot deal. Buy one, get one on crack rocks, you know? Like, <laughs> so, yeah. and it's like, you know, you're like, well, shit, this is just, a, according to my social structure, this is just as bad. So maybe it's not because I've experienced weed and it's not as bad. So you, you begin to experiment and even Joe Rogan kind of touched upon this, you know, that like, it's not a gateway drug, but with, uh, prohibition it makes it a gateway drug because you're not getting it through the correct channels you know you're getting it from someone who's trying to peddle stuff. other stuff yeah and, and nothing against drug dealers i'm not one of those people that's like oh let's we should charge drug dealers with murder like no like they're just trying to live in their environment you know cleveland was you know it's a rundown it's like one of the worst cities in america Next i mean the browns are there <laughs> but it's coming back it is coming back we're coming back in a big way but you know my buddy you know uh joe he succumbed to uh heroin addiction and um you know he didn't do it alone so um and it all originated from you know being prescribed painkillers whether it be uh, oxycontin or percocet um you know whether it be from playing sports or you're in a car accident or whatever it was you know, you got it and then you were cut off from it, but you still needed the medicinal value from it. So what like opiates do is they're like a pain blocker. So they, I always think that they're good for like the initial accident or whatever injury you sustain, but like not for prolonged use like they did with our veterans. You know, like they, they got our veterans basically on opiates for prolonged use or anyone else who needed it and they didn't have another alternative. Well, I believe like cannabis is is good for long term i always tell patients it helps you manage your pain it's not going to block your pain entirely you're gonna it, but it helps you manage it, it yeah. helps you live with it. it helps you you know continue on with your day um 
because you know pain can last sometimes like either a month you know a year or sometimes it just could be the rest of of your life you know it's a serious injury and you can't always be taking opioids so you know having that alternative is a good aspect of it and not you know being on those and unfortunately you know like i said my buddy he he's not around today and maybe he could be if this was around yeah when he was going through that yeah i mean it it gives you i mean it it, i joked around earlier everybody needs advice and it's one of those things that i mean and going back to the gateway concept if i'm plastered drunk I'm way more likely to say, oh, yeah. yeah, sure, why not? Light it up, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when <laughs> I... bring the spoons. Yeah, like when I used to smoke, <laughs> I would not sit there high and be like, man, I really want to try this. Or if somebody yeah. if somebody came up and said, hey, you know, I know you're high on weed. You want some You want some cocaine right now? It's like, <laughs> no, dude, you're, you're crossing shit. When mm-hmm. you're on, when you're drunk, you're like, sure, yeah, well, yeah. what is it going to do? I'm invincible. <laughs> nothing can touch me now <laughs> yeah no yeah it's good it you know it's and everybody has to kind of like take a little bit of responsibility you know understand that no matter what you know anything you you add into your into your life it's going to have an effect in some way could be good could be bad but you know you gotta you gotta figure that out i mean that's where i mean survival of the fittest yeah sometimes you gotta figure that shit some shit you gotta figure out on your own I had this lady today, and I, she was—I I doubt she was high, but she's not looking both ways. And I'm pulling in, you know, it's where I have to pull in. She's just like randomly running across. It's not a crosswalk or anything, you know. It's not by like a sidewalk. And it's just like if I'm not paying attention, it's like, come on, what's going on with mm-hmm. these people? Yeah, some people you just—you <laughs> don't even got to be high. <laughs> you're fucking up. But oops, sorry. Are we? No, yeah, well, you're good. All right, cool. You're good. I don't have. I'm explicit rated on nice. everything. <laughs> We're going to keep it real for you people right now. We're not going to sugarcoat this. Sweet. I got to take a piss real quick. You oh, guys can sweet. keep talking. All right. Well, I'm not pressing pause. All right. Well, we can talk about the things that matter in life, like, like, the, the, Bra- Browns. like the Browns being in first place in week four. The Browns are doing great, baby. Finally found our running game. Medical, our- <laughs> medical marijuana and football. That's what Ohio does. Well, and that's something that, you know, you see these players getting suspended. You know, Josh Gordon is a phenomenal receiver. How many years did mm-hmm. he lose out of his career just for, mm-hmm. you know, smoking and not, pot? Not, yeah, not just Josh Gordon. I mean, there's countless athletes. Um, Reggie, who was it? Oh, Re- or, uh, Reggie Williams. Yeah, Reggie Williams. And, I mean, I think uh, Josh Gordon is a great example because with Josh... I'm actually surprised Josh Gordon is still going right now. Yeah, well, like, you're out of the league that long, and you've been... And you're, and you're still coming. You're still strong. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you think about, like, Josh Gordon missed, what, three, four seasons? Mm-hmm. Dante Stallworth, I mean, he's another Brown. He ran over a guy in Miami, killed a guy, mm-hmm. still played games after that. No suspension, you know. Yeah, uh, some bias, some bull, yeah. and uh, uh, Ray Rice. <laughs> yeah, know? Ray Rice, and yeah, and that's actually people. with it, you know, trying to turn over some of those negative stereotypes. Yeah, it's just crazy. Me. The you know the stigma in the NFL against weed versus everything else. You know, yeah, versus beating these... your wife or girlfriend, and it's being <laughs> on camera, 
or you know drunk driving or what was the other the one dude that ran away from the police oh yeah probably because he was high though <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just crazy to think that, that seems to be one of the most severe things that you can do being an nfl players mm-hmm. smoke some pot well, i think i think that has to do with look at the the typical clients of the nfl like it's for for the longest time in the past it was far right wing nascar loving central americans <clears throat> that you not saying that they're not participating in the in the actions but they don't want any affiliation with it like that affiliation could mean you know if if i sponsor the nfl and i'm netflix and somebody's caught smoking weed it could say netflix endorses or mm-hmm. is okay with that sponsorship it's all money yeah it's 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 sad but you know and i think too with uh with it affecting the uh football players you kind of you miss the unsung heroes who have to worry about that stuff in their everyday lives you know with whether it's because i get you know not to put any patience on blast but I get I get more than just, you know, just like your average Joe. I get, you know, I get doctors, I get lawyers, I get nurses, I get, you know, I get everybody from every trade and they're just like, you know, like you know, their their main concern sometimes is is, you know, is CBD is that going to come up and I'm like, no, I mean, it has a totally different molecular structure, so when they're testing for THC, they're looking for that specific uh, molecular structure, so it wouldn't affect it. Um, but you know, some of these people they need, you know, they need the certain medicine and the certain strain, and if it's got you know a high amount of THC. They're just hoping they don't get drug tested. Yeah. You know, and that's 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 a shame. And another aspect too that I was thinking about was, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, it's so like, you look back and we, it, that old stereotype, like you know, lazy, stupid stoners, and it, it really isn't that. Like me, I'm very active. I like to um, actually do a lot of running for charity, and um, it's very intrinsic. There's a lot of science behind it, um, but also too, you know, it 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 has so many different aspects to it, and I think people just get confined in these different stereotypes and what they think of it, and they restrict themselves. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about before the podcast with, with like, politics. Like, you do something that I don't do, what I think I'm doing is right, so what mm-hmm. you're doing is wrong because it's different than what I'm doing. Like, and it goes, and it directly relates to drinkers. I mean, you look, I grew up in a very Mormon community, um, and I would go out to party and my, my roommate actually grew up Mormon. His parents would find out and, you know, they give me the lecture that you're doing this, this is wrong. But at what point, like, why should what I, why should you have any relevance in what I do? Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, going partying and then coming wrecking your house and banging exactly. on your door at two o'clock. Like, I'm not <laughs> affecting you whatsoever. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care what you think about it. And that's kind of where I th- I think, you know, if it doesn't affect you, I why do you, why do you have an opinion on it? Exactly. And, I mean, or, you know, if you want to have an opinion about it, like, at least get informed about it, you know? Check it out. Like, don't just, like, hate on it because of what you've heard 
from like reefer madness that <laughs> yeah. makes you crazy and he'll go rape people um you know if it's not for you it's not for you that's fine you know not everything is for everybody you know i would that's why i say like you got to use a little test you know a little scientific method a little test and experiment because you know even if it's working for a majority of the people it doesn't mean it will always work for you like with the autism like they had like something like it was 77 percent effective well you know there's still another you know 23 33 percent yeah or 33 yeah 33 no 20 no 20 damn 27 27 <laughs> yeah man it's not the best <laughs> but you know, i'm not in a math math career <laughs> but you know it's still uh, a good amount of people that you know um it's it's not affecting so you gotta just you gotta look into it and see and you know those but people that are hating on it it could be beneficial for them well you know? i think it's it's one of those things too that i feel like the hang-up for a lot of people is you know you guys as you know the doctors that are testing this stuff you guys never say that this is 100 percent effective like you know this Mm -hmm. you did not say this is going to be a cure for me this might work this might not work but then you look at any other drug out there yeah they claim it as a cure but and then at the end they have the but it could have yeah it could make your stomach bleed inside (laughs) it could cause your anus to turn inside out well in the the podcast that i had last week with bailey um she works in the medical industry and we were talking about um psychological medicine so antidepressants uh bipolar mm-hmm. medicine stuff like that and uh the one thing that they are trained to look out for like she had she was talking about uh symptoms of extreme nausea like just horrible vomiting sickness from this one medication and when she got prescribed it it was never told to her like you know you might have this side effect of extreme nausea mm-hmm. but the one thing they did say is if you start twitching, come in immediately because twitching can be correlated directly to that and it's noticeable. So like if, I, if I'm nauseous, I can go to the doctor. The doctor can't test how nauseous I am. But if you're sitting there convulsing, mm-hmm. like that's something and it's something that could be lifelong. So realizing that or accepting that everybody's different and this is not going to be a cure, it could really help you, but also it could you could have extreme paranoia and absolutely hate it but understanding that when you're going into it that these are this is what could happen i mean for the majority of people they don't have this effect mm-hmm. or you could do it 15 times and the 16th time you get paranoid mm-hmm. but realizing that yeah it's a it's a trial by fire process of of you know you there's there's no scientific method for how much pain you're in Mm-hmm. or this relieves 62% of pain. Like, there's not those specific numbers. So yeah. as long as you're going into it open with the concept of I'm experimenting with you, mm-hmm. and I think the fear of that is experimenting on your own body. Like, And kind of also to, like, add on to that uh, as well, um, the good thing about cannabis, though, is you won't have those twitch and things you won't like at the mm-hmm. worst case scenario all you got to do is kind of like give it some time maybe eat a little food yeah um go take a shower go take a shower. go take go to sleep mm-hmm. like that kind of thing we'll like there's no adverse side effects which i think is good like you know the paranoia like yeah that kind of bites for a second but i mean you'll live you'll go on with the rest of your day i had it's been a long time since i have smoked but the last time that i did i got or one of the last times I did, I did get paranoid, but I didn't think of it as paranoia. It's, mm-hmm. 
and a heightened awareness of your situation and your vulnerabilities. And I thought of it like that. So then, you know, your mind just starts turning like, all right, wh- where, what ways am I vulnerable right now? Like my gun is 20 feet from me and the door is 10 feet from me. <laughs> I could be in trouble in this situation. I'm going to get my gun closer, stuff like that. And it's, 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 you're not, and like you said too, it's mind over matter with it, with paranoia. Cause I think from, from people that I've talked to that, that do or have smoke, the people that don't like smoking or don't, don't like using cannabis, it's, they don't like the smell. They don't like the taste, which there's ways around that, mm-hmm. but paranoia and paranoia comes up. I think more than any of the other ones of people that don't like it. It's, well, you felt different. It's like when you're, when you, I'm not saying that I have, but when you're on shrooms, I mean, your, your, your path of shrooms is, I mean, that's very influential of your thoughts going into it and what you're thinking while you're doing it. But that's controllable as well. So if you start having a bad trip when you're on shrooms and you get out of the negative situation that you're in, you'll come out of that bad bad part of the trip. You'll come out of the paranoia. Well, it's usually the first part of the shroom trip is, you know, the, the nausea that some people get with it. And then the, am I okay? Am I not okay? Yeah, am I dying right now? Once you get <laughs> I literally just poisoned myself. <laughs> And once you get past that, you know, being with the right people. I think that's huge. Being in the right uh, setting, environment. Being, I had this guy that uh, he took shrooms. I had a party at my house and it was a big, like we probably had 80 to 100 people there. I'm like a 1,400 square foot house, like packed. And he took shrooms about 30 minutes before he left his place and it was a 30 minute drive to my place so halfway through driving it hit him on top of that he got Uh to the house (laughs) and he was tripping balls with everybody there and the asshole thing that everybody did is we start fucking with him like he's in the corner like it's like now looking at it (laughs) naturally you start fucking with the guy that's fucked up Yeah, that's the and that's the worst too for him because like you always have that like oh no do these people know do they know I'm fucked <laughs> up right now <laughs> and shrooms are one of those things that you can't like you can't go to sleep no no you you can't you can't sleep it off like you're gonna lay in bed and just sit there and try to go to sleep for the next mm. six hours till it wears off have some trippy dreams if you fall asleep yeah <laughs> but no yeah like I've I've had that before where like it kind of like i've you know i've done shrooms whatever and like it it overpowered me almost like i felt like i was on a roller coaster i was like oh shoot like i need to lie down but i was like lying down i was like all right i can't sleep i need to get back <laughs> up. Get up start walking paces <laughs> around the bedroom i need to get going and get back out into life <laughs> uh, yeah pretty soon you're walking like an egyptian around the campfire there you go i feel like there's some back-end knowledge to this there's a story here there <laughs> uh yes we uh we had to go on a journey and uh and garrett hooked it up pretty well uh, <laughs> and, uh troy was our host and uh yeah we explored explored the explored our minds <laughs> uh but it's kind of interesting with um with uh shrooms that's another thing that's kind of like starting to come out as a medicinal value now with that they they do in what's called micro dosing which is also another thing you could use for like cannabis where you take 
you know, you take like a very small amount, like it's very regimented, like you know exactly how much you're taking and you take a very small amount. That way, like you're still getting the effects, but you're not having that overwhelming like walking down the yellow brick road, you know, <laughs> while still standing in your driveway. <laughs> so when you're, when you, you know, clear a, clear a bowl and a bong, mm-hmm. is there a way, like, do you know how much THC you're getting out of that? Or like, like with edibles, you, mm-hmm. you know, it's X so, milligrams. So each, each, you gotta, you gotta take into context. So if you're smoking a joint while you're smoking it, some of it's burning while you're not inhaling it. Whereas like with a bong, you're inhaling each hit. Yeah. So like with a bong, you're getting more, um, you're getting more out of it. Um, but as far as like dosaging, um, as far as from like the, the, the studied research, like Dr. David Mary, who I, uh, mentioned earlier, it's usually a gram would equal like a joint. So whether you're taking a gram of, of distillate or if you're smoking a joint or if you're, um, taking a couple, couple, couple dabs off of, uh, your, uh, vape, um, it's, it's usually along that line so like a joint would be like a gram so like with edibles it would be kind of like that's how you got to like figure out your dosage you know you got to do a little test you got to smoke so like with everybody it's not going to be an entire joint yeah it might be i recommend usually about three hits to like a first time patient you know i recommend take a hit hold it in for about five to ten seconds you know not everybody can hold it in as long you know you naturally want to cough um, but the longer you hold it in, the more that you're absorbing it uh, into your uh, air sacs and then into your bloodstream. Um, and then with 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 the different ways that you 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 smoke it or you eat it, those are going to be different concentrated amounts. So basically, with edibles, using me as an example, um, it would take a half a joint. Um, as far as smoking it, it would mm-hmm. take 50 milligrams as far as edible. And then it would take, um, with dabbing, it's a little different. Um, so say you have a gram of concentrate, I would only need about two rice grains. So a, a healthy... No, no, it's a small dab. <laughs> oh, two <yeah>. small dabs. <laughs> it's like a grain of rice. <laughs> okay. Uh, of the concentrate. Um and, you know, you're not really going to figure out yours unless, you know, you try it, you know? Yeah. And you'll know. So, like, if you're overly paranoid, you think, okay, well, maybe I'll smoke a little bit less <laughs> next time. <laughs> the problem is, is it never ends up being I less. Know, right? It never is. It tastes so it's good. always a little bit more. And and just, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of education, like, knowing the strains that you're smoking, too, because not every strain is the same, you know? Um, they have different potency levels. So, like, something like if you gave me a catatonic that's highly that's more cbd in it so you know it's not going to be as that potent effect and when you have more phytocannabinoids it actually excuse me produces uh synergy so you're getting more of a homeostasis in your body it's actually leveling you out so you're getting uh what's called a full spectrum if you have um more phytocannabinoids and terpenes they're working in conjunction together so uh the whole is better than, you know, the limiting out and yeah. getting, it's interesting. Well, it makes sense. I mean, and that's where, you know, going to a, the medical route, getting somebody that has dealt with it for a while that understands it, um, will really help 
it's it's way more beneficial than just going to your dealer on the side of the street that's saying yeah just here you go give me the money i mean this way you can at least get you know knowledge you know usage knowledge industry knowledge in the what you're trying to do like go go to medical route with it and you don't want to trust the guy in the trench coat and the neck hat? <laughs> it depends on what color his trench coat is. So with with uh, the black market, they're going to be more profit-driven, whereas with the medical market, they're going to be more uh, medically driven. Not to say that everybody will be, you yeah. know, because like I said, like I mentioned earlier, there's some people who are out there, they don't care about, you know, who they're treating. They just care about that you buy their product and that you consider it the dopest product out there. Whereas you have other people like myself who are concerned about not that you're smoking, but that you know you're medicating and you're using the right medicine at the right dosage. Yeah, you know. Well, and that's where getting getting people that I mean, like you seem to be that care about the industry. I mean, mm-hmm. you get some average Joe that you know flinging vacuums on the side of the road. He can probably sell medicinal products as well. Mm-hmm. But you get somebody that actually understands, cares, and is involved in the development process the learning process because mm-hmm. i mean like you said it's a new industry so the learning curve is to is it to its extremist right now yeah um on everything so yeah and, and that's i think a lot of it goes down to i mean once you do have your card picking the right shop to go to absolutely and i mean there's nothing against you know making money i mean i feel all that will come in 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 order with it anyways so uh you don't have to make you know you don't have to cut corners. You don't have to do like what like with the black market right now is you know they'll they'll try to cut corners by adding putting additives to it. You know make their product make more of their product, um, and there's nothing wrong with making a profit. But uh, you know like doctors, doctors make a, a good living, but when they start getting driven by um, other pharmaceuticals wanting them to push their product, that's when you get the opioid epidemic. So that's why I'm saying like if we you know keep in conjunction stay focused on what we're doing and you know that it's it is a medicine and that we're helping whether it's for stress or whether it's for cancer you know we can help you know treat people and make it you know in in essence in theory you know a better world but i mean if you're just profit driven you know that that stuff falls through the cracks and greed is the root of all evil (laughs) so kind of going after so if i go to get my medical card i'm seeing it a licensed doctor, correct? Correct. You're seeing, you're seeing a, a, a MD um, first. So whether that's a naturopath or whether that's um, you know a general practitioner, you're seeing a doctor who has an MD who's licensed, um, not only from um, you know their, through their education, but also by the state. So where an insurance has no like I can't go to the medical marijuana doctor and use Blue Cross there, correct? No, unfortunately, right now you cannot. But I have a theory that if you made cannabis available uh, through insurance, you would no longer have uh, Americans without insurance. I guarantee every American would have insurance. Um, and then that would make it more affordable for cannabis. And I think that would make also, you'd have the domino effect of making prescription pills and other things more, um, obsolete, not obsolete, but more affordable 
for sure. I mean, I'm sure some will become obsolete. You know, you won't need them. Well, and on top of that, you look at side effects. If right now it's like one in three people don't have medical insurance, Mm -hmm. if all everybody has medical insurance, it's going to be cheaper for me and you to have medical insurance. And and I don't just like say that because like, oh, hey, like I think this would be like I see it. Like I see homeless people to rich people in my facility. Yeah. Um, Some people every day. So they they have money to spend, um, and they're willing to spend it on medicine, and that's not covered right now. So whether you know you know you're rich or poor, they seem to be still getting their medicine. They still need it. Yeah. So if you give it an option like, hey, this will be covered under insurance, and if you know our whole government's thing is to get everybody on insurance right now, I guarantee that'll do it. So, I mean, just in this square mile, I have, or I mean, just east here there's two get your card here doctors down the Mm -hmm. road what drives a doctor to get into that versus general practicing because i feel like the money can't be there because what it's 200 dollars is what they're pushing like 100 bucks and shit you go to california and get your card for 25 to 25 dollars um i would say that a lot of these doctors are probably it's like a it's a side gig yeah, you know, like I don't think it's their main practice. Like it's kind of something they're doing because I know, at least from my experience with the doctors that we have. So we have not only the dispensary and the cultivation, but we also have doctors. We, it's called doctors, Doctor Green Certs. Um, they do a wonderful job. Now we have the process works. You go and you actually see two doctors, and mm-hmm. your medical card expense includes everything. So the processing, the state fee, and the seeing the doctor and all that so usually for an average joe comes out to about 300 bucks so like from 250 to 300 bucks is what you're going to pay for that visit um i always tell patients the card pays for itself basically um you know with deals and first there's first time patient incentives so like a buy one get one yeah and usually that's um some every dispensary is different it could be a it could be buy one get one up to a quarter or buy one uh, get one up to an ounce so you could be in essence saving ninety bucks to three hundred. Yeah. So there, right? If you went the ounce route, boom, you just you, you just, just paid for it. Just right paid there. for it right there. So um, it does pay for itself, and with that, you're getting you're seeing two different doctors. Um, basically, what they do is they make sure that you've tried alternatives. So this is your last alternative is cannabis. Okay. So you've tried over the counter medication. You've tried, um, you know, therapy. You've tried, you know yoga massage prescription and none of that's working you want to try this this is your last alternative um you see two different doctors they both assess you um and then they send in your paperwork you get approved by the state and you have a card within from your appointment to when you get your card is usually about a week to two weeks so it's it's relatively quick yeah i mean given that's way faster than any government that i work in works (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and it gets quicker and quicker like so like if you if you're uh you know re returning card holder because right now um right now it's two years before and that just went into effect so before august uh 28th it was just a year so every year you'd have to renew your card after august 27th it became every two years so if you were like me and you had to renew in july you know then you next time you still have you only have a year on that card but anyone who's re renewed it recently it gets two but every time you renew it it's quicker and quicker as far as when you get your card is it the same cost um each place varies usually it's cheaper when you're getting it renewed 
I mean, do you still have to go see the two doctors and everything like that? Yes. Yeah. So now, the, the, for me particularly, it was free, which is awesome. Again, another thing, different company to company. Our company really takes care of its its patients and yeah. its employees, so they paid for our card. The company I worked before, they didn't. Well, it makes sense that, I mean, if, if you weren't able to legally smoke, how are you able to recommend? Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, you don't necessarily necessarily have to smoke. There are some people that work in the industry that don't smoke. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Um, some patients might not trust their judgment because a lot of patients want to know, like, have you tried this before? How is it, how is it hitting you? Because again, you know, you, a lot of it's patient feedback. So it's good if you're a patient as well. So you can answer this question off the podcast if you want. Are there just rad smoke sections in the back? No. Um, not for us, at least. I can't speak. F- every, again, every company is different. So some companies are more serious. Our company is pretty straight edge yeah. as far as it comes to like abiding by uh, regulations and stuff like that. So they don't even want you to have your medicine on person. Okay. Now, whether or not I abide by that, I will <laughs> disclose it another fifth, time. Plead the fifth on that one. But um, I mean, you gotta. I mean, you gotta think like we're patients as well. So you know, it's kind of unfair. Like, if you can't medicate, but there's other alternatives. So, like I said, the topicals, you're not going to be high, you yeah. know, but at least you're getting, if you have, like, joint pain or, like, muscle pain, you know, you'll be at least able to treat that. But, no, yeah, it's not it, that, and that's a big thing um, with the, uh, there's a high turnover rate. Um, so, if you don't know what a turnover rate is, it is when someone is hired and then fired, and then they have to rehire more people. So it has the industry has a very high turnover rate. And I believe that's because, you know, people again, abusing the being high at work and stuff like that. Or um, I would say that's a small factor, but I think it's more just like the, the type of people that are being hired aren't the, the, the top of the top of the crop. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I think with that being said, I think that that's going to I mean, that's going to change as it becomes more acceptable because i mean you get a harvard graduate who straight edge his whole life he's not likely to come into that industry because he fought so hard yeah but he would be sorely needed um you know and it doesn't matter what aspect like i said before you know if he's a tech guy or if he's you know business guy or marketing guy like they're all needed like we have a lot of uh there's a lot of room for growth um, and I always compare it to like, you know, Google, Google is like one of the biggest tech companies in the land and it started in a garage and that's mm-hmm. kind of how the industry is right now. We're all in our a little bit past the garage phase, but you know, we still have a lot to go, but touching back on, um, uh, certain employees, you know, yeah, some, some employees have been fired for medicating on, on, on spot on the, uh, premise and you're not supposed to do that. And, uh, the former company I worked for, it was just kind of like they really, the management and that didn't really care. And with that, you're putting that business in jeopardy. You're putting your patients ultimately in jeopardy if you get shut down, you know, and they rely on you, especially if like a lot of these patients are older, they can't, you know, go far. Well, and that's going to be, that would go, it's, I would assume it's similar to your uh, alcohol licensing. I mean, similar. Yeah, you could use your, you could lose your uh, your license real quick for sure. Yeah, we have. It's kind of like uh, kind of like the liquor license board where yeah. we we definitely have inspections and stuff like that. It's definitely do more relaxed. Do they I spot? Do they spot inspect you guys? Like somebody yeah. will just show up. Yeah, they can do that too. Um, usually, you get a heads up. Um, it's like I said. I'd say it's probably a little bit lax 
compared it, it is and it isn't like for us for instance we don't carry animal cbd and that's because per the state whereas all the other dispensaries do animal cbd mm-hmm there's CBD for animals. It's, so Willie, Willie actually yeah. takes it. Willie gets uh, seizures. Yeah. So he takes CBD pills. Yeah, because it. So basically, what the phytocannabinoids do is they indi- they interact with our um, our endocannabinoid system, our CB1, our CB2 receptor cells that are throughout our body. You know, your body is made up of billions of cells. All of them have receptors. Um, usually in your brain, it's receptors are sending messages. So like. For instance, if it's an indica, it's a sedative, so it's going to be blocking certain receptors to help, you know, calm you down. Um, But, uh, so it it interacts with the body very differently, and it's very intrinsic, and, uh, you know, just figuring all that out is, it's kind of, it's kind of must, you got to do it. Yeah. All right, man, well, we just hit two hours. Yeah, was, I'm starting to digress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll wrap this up. We'll definitely. Uh, I mean, it's there's a shit ton to talk about on this there, on this mean, topic, and yeah, there's a lot to talk about, and you know, it's um, ever changing. I, for I, sure. I, I love talking about it. I can go on for hours. Awesome. So, what's your uh, social media handles? Um, we got the uh, we got my Instagram. We got uh, the cannabis scholar. That's cannabis underscore scholar. Okay. Um, we got my. Uh, Snapchat, which is Trev the Master, or uh, Trev the G Ezar, <laughs> um, and then uh, I think you can search it just like Trey two one two zero eight three two. Yeah, perfect. Well, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Uh, once thanks again, for having me on. If anybody listening has any uh, recommendations for people that might be interested in coming on, talking about you know what they do and and uh, bringing their knowledge to to other people, I, I'm I'm open for for any recommendations. Um, so thanks for listening. Desert Beach Podcast. See you.